We are the Driveway Athletes. I am Jack, joined tonight by Ed, and I'll tell you what, this is two shows in one week. I feel like I'm getting back to it, Ed. <laughs> uh, yeah, getting, you know, it's been a while, a lot going on in the world. Um, but yeah, time to, time to fire back up the microphone and start, uh, start recording, you know? Yeah, we got the NFL draft this week. Yeah, this Thursday, Thursday right? right? And that's kind of the, like, for the people that are uh, fantasy maniacs, maybe not to the level that I am, um, that's kind of the kickoff of the offseason. Anybody who does Dynasty, you're going to be preparing for your, you know, your rookie draft. Now that the draft will be over, you know, by the end of the weekend. Um, it's kind of the unofficial kickoff of, of the fantasy, like, prep season. Yeah. Yeah, you get to see like which players end up where, and then you can really kind of mix those rookies into your into rankings. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I didn't put any rookies in without knowing landing spots. Obviously, some regular rankings are going to change when it looks like teams are making choices about their futures. Um, so I did a quick hit early season, um, way too early ranks couple weeks ago i had been posting some of those up and i started doing the write-ups um this past week i think i got through the top 12 uh wide receivers i'm trying to pace myself a little bit better um yeah you can't you can't bang it all out in like a weekend it's it's a lot you know yeah like i i think last last year i banged it all out in like a two-week span and then I was kind of fried for the rest of the off season, you know, like just too much condensed in too short a time. I mean, for sure, like you know, you're you're the beauty of like doing an online like magazine is you can change things. It's not like it goes to print and that's, that's it. it. Like the yeah. like the old days of. Um, you're like sporting news fantasy draft magazine that came out in May, you know, like even if it went into publication in like July, it probably was written in May and then had to go through editors and, and the printing process and all that, you know, like just technology is, has changed not just the way you do research, but like has just changed that entire, you know, for good and bad maybe for when it comes to like newspaper stuff and <laughs> mm-hmm. but like for good and bad has changed that entire landscape um so yeah you can edit it as you go and i i shuffled the rankings and maybe edited words when things changed or players got caught or got injured but um even so you just this year i'd start it with um kind of a pre-draft who's left who's got new coaches um what the depth chart is sitting at right now. So I'm going to change, you know, when the draft finishes, we're going to get the full schedule. So I'm going to change that kind of pre-draft magazine. Once that's over, throw up teams drafts, at least their offensive players, and then throw up their schedule onto that as well. Yeah. Um, It's much, much easier to, you know, do your write-ups now and then do an edit, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, so I did the, I did do the top 12 receivers and 
Um, what I want to do, this is going to be kind of, uh, we're mixing up what we're going to try and do as far as fantasy content goes. Um, I think doing an hour-long fantasy show isn't in, in April isn't necessarily great, you know, for, for the listeners. So I want to do some quicker-hitting stuff, um, mm-hmm. get it out there and get it up. So I started going to write the running back write-ups, and I can tell you, like, I think offline, candidly, I had written you and said, I think the era of having to go running back early and running back heavy, like three out of your top five picks being back, I think that era is in its dying days. Yeah, and so like a little change for us, we're going to a P- full PPR format too. So, um, in, in our home a, league. Yeah. In our home league. And I will say, I think that I've made it clear since we started this, like I believe that PPR was invented for, you know, 2007 ish 2006 to you know we'll say 2000 2000 through like 2009 i don't think it's necessary anymore but i think it's just it's become the standard thanks to daily fantasy thanks to other things i just think points per reception is kind of the standard now it's what everybody yeah everybody plays in i think that standard is a dinosaur and i think yeah, that's half- definitely and I think half point per reception, honestly, is, you know, that was a bridge to get the full point for people to adjust their, you know, stuff. I but mean, I we think we could that, always go to three quarter if, if you. <laughs> well, nah. like I've thought about that. No, I know. I know. But I've thought about ways because the, the reality is, is like backs are scarce right like it's not a deep position and for the running only backs like you 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 think of like oh do we do like 0.1 points per rushing attempt and the reality is is just live with where the game is it's a passing league it is what it is you know it brings some of those mediocre receivers into another tier or the you know i don't mean mediocre is in a disparaging way but guys who who Get points different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever. It, it's it's the standard. Daily Fantasy has put the flag in the ground. And that's, you know, like if you're having a bad season or you want a way to try and win actual big money and it's not just for like a little bit of money and pride, you're going to be playing that format. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it so, kind of helps too, like if you think about it, it, it – probably helps um just because like there's not a lot of running backs who play three downs so there's almost none yeah right so like that kind of helps that position also if you think about it you know it definitely doesn't hurt it like let's you know also be be fair here it doesn't hurt it um I'd like to find a way, and there's an issue with like getting overly complicated, but I'd like to find a way to emulate actual play, you know, and not just fantasy, because there's a lot of like, you know, quarterback is a position where there's a lot of good fantasy players that aren't necessarily good football players or, or aren't like elite 
but they outperform. Um, it yes. happens at other positions too, but quarterback is one of the ones. You know, I'd like the way to try to find it, and I've talked about like you know doing first down, you know first down conversions or um, something else. The reality is, is like the more you get into those things, one is you should be able to look at a stat line and kind of guess what your team scored, you know, or your player scored. The more you get into that stuff, it's difficult to do it. And also, like, it's fantasy. It's not the game. You know? Yeah. Have fun with the thing you're doing. The only thing with... I I mean, I agree with you. When it comes to quarterback, like, you can have a quarterback who throws for, like, three touchdowns and three interceptions and 300 yards and still has, like... 30 points you know like that's probably not a good game right um well i mean the other part goes to is like if they throw 150 yards 50 rushing yards a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown is also probably not a great game you know mm -hmm. but that 11 points worth of running you know five rushing and six in touchdown is very valuable I just always thought maybe like a turnover should be minus, more minus points than than it is, you know, like really penalize the, the turnover. I mean, because that is a real detriment to like winning or losing in, in football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they are where they are at this point, the rules wise, but... Um, we'll see if something more creative comes up. Like I, I also discussed like tiered PPR and a pick six being more of a penalty and, um, yeah, like a different... pick six should be minus six. I, I don't disagree with you, you know, like, but like you we put as your team behind by six points, we as, you know, like... pe as people have decided more points equals more fun. Uh, sure <laughs> I mean I'm not that's a societal thing I'm not talking about me you I'm not right. looking down on anybody but that is what we've done as as a species yeah um, I mean I would really like to see the pick six as minus six I mean that'd be a I mean it doesn't happen often so um but when it does, it should be a, a big penalty, I think. I think sacks taken could be a penalty, too. Um, different conversation for a different day. Yeah. But taking a sack, not necessarily as the quarterback's fault, but with the rules being like the, how you can throw it away and whatnot, like, I wouldn't mind. It doesn't have to be, you know, commiserate with yards. It could be like, you know, a sack taken is minus point zero one. You know, so you'd have to, yeah. you know, take 10 of them to lose what the equivalent of a yard is. But just, again, taking sacks is not good for your offense either. But uh, to, to bring it back, because we're, this is a quick, quicker hitting episode, um, to bring it back to where I was, um, I think you and I both embraced what is known as like the hero running back strategy. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that I try not to be married to something um, totally, 
but I do think given where today's game is, I think I so I don't think you need to take a running back in the first anymore. I don't care if you have the number one pick. I don't think you have to take a running back in the first anymore. I think the there is Jonathan Taylor is a perfectly great back. You know, he's he's a very good running back behind a very good offensive line. Catches about forty balls a a, a season. You know, he's he's fine. But the, he's not twenty. 18 Christian McCaffrey either. No. You know, where like, it's like you absolutely, he is just, the opportunity is going to far outweigh um, anything anybody else can give you, you know? And I think that's true most seasons. Um, but I think that it's especially true right now. And, and like you and I have been going back and forth. I'm debating putting Eckler ahead of Taylor. I think there's a case to be made there, and I know that, you know, people's heads may have exploded, and um, yeah, they might that be calling be the authorities. Decision. Yeah, they might be calling the authorities on me, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, point being is 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 that catches are very important right now if you are in any points per reception league. And Taylor's not a bad receiver, and they did let Marlon Mack go, you know, the great Marlon Mack. Um, so there might be some opportunity there for additional catches, but he'd have to get up to, like, you know, 80 um, just to kind of be around where Eckler already is. Uh, yeah, Eckler's, Eckler's a, yeah, 70 catches last year. You and know. He's on a better but, offense. With a better quarterback, he he certainly is. So, um, because of off, I was going to say, based off just last year, and sometimes we can't go by last year, but you could take Cooper Cup number one, and I, I wouldn't be mad at you. I think you could take any of the big three, and I can't argue with anybody who's going to do that. I think it's very hard. So we always use last year or, or the last two years as a barometer, right? Of like, well, you know, Jonathan Taylor's number one back. He he finished the number one back last year, right? If he didn't finish number one, does he go number one this year? I don't know. This is what we do. Um, I don't know that I'm, I would advocate for like it was maybe in like, what was that? Like maybe 2015 where the top three picks were receivers. And we cut our 2016 where is Brown, Julio, and Beckham. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was 16, maybe it was even 17. My memory's not so great these days. I don't think that I'm I'm saying quite that. I don't think that we're fully in the like, you know, this is it. You don't need to take it back. Receiver's more stable. That's just not true. Receiver's not necessarily more stable. Um, I've been pulling that data apart, and it's a conversation for another day. That being said, there's just so many more teams that throw the ball more. And the, you're talking about young players. Debo Samuel, we'll see. He's about to change teams. Debo Samuel's a young player. Justin Jefferson's a young player. Jamar Chase, a young player. All, all the better athletes are coming out at receiver more so than running back. There's not a safe Well, yeah. <laughs> If you look at how the NFL is drafting, I don't think there's going to be any running backs that go in the first round. 
be several wide receivers. And none of them are a Jamar Chase. You know, um, at least let me rephrase that. I'm not someone who watches a million hours of game film. But I can tell you people that I trust when evaluating that talent, there's no one in their grades who grades out as good as a Jamar Chase. Um, there's not a Calvin Johnson. There's not a Julio Jones, right? Like, um, there's very good receivers coming out. It's deep in like, but each of them is going to really depend what a team wants with who's going to take them where. Yeah. You know, um, and there's not like this clear cut guy. Um, and kind of in that you're 100% correct. Receiver has become a round two or round three position or not receive running back has become a round two round three position or later. Uh, there isn't a Saquon Barkley or an Ezekiel Elliott, you know, coming out this year. Those players are becoming fewer and farther between. Um, and there are going to be at least four receivers that go maybe before the top 15 are done. Yes. Yep. You know, so like, let's, let's just be honest with where the game is and where it seems like it's going. And then, you know, we'll move on because we've got Sixers to watch, but where it seems to go is the hack right now is you you draft your quarterback and before he's done his rookie deal, you've tried to get young receivers around him or bring in a guy, right? You saw Diggs before Diggs got really paid go to Josh Allen, right? Um, they made the move there. The Bengals draft Jamar Chase. Um, and T. Higgins. like I And mean, T. Higgins. They, yeah. And when Carson Wentz was young, the Eagles went and brought in Alshon Jeffrey, right? Like that seems to be the way that it goes is before you're paying your quarterback big money or your receiver big money, you get them the talent. You get them the talent and you try to win while you can have other positions taking up more of your salary cap. Um, that seems to be the way it goes. Receiver contracts are getting a little nutty. They um, are getting great, yeah. And look, there isn't great track a great track record for receivers changing teams and being great. Um, but I don't know that we've seen this level of receivers still in their prime change teams. And you can't tell me that Oakland, well, Oakland, listen to me, Vegas isn't going to try and, and throw the ball to Devontae Adams 150 times with what they just paid him. You know, know. like right. you can't, you just can't. You can't not. So the reality is, is like running back is look kind of looking at a, they, they call it like Jag, right? Like a, just a guy. And that's not fair to backs because they're probably the best athletes um, that we've ever seen at back, even in, and when back was amazing, just every generation at the level of athlete gets better. That being said, teams don't invest big money in running back anymore. And they don't. No, it, I mean, their shelf life is. It's too Historically short. Historically, it's short, right. Um, I'd like to and, see them get bigger deals as rookies because we know that by the time they'd be getting paid, they're out of the league usually. You know, like, I'd like to see us find a way or the league find a way to get those guys paid fairly for their use before it's too late. But those are the breaks right now. And I kind of feel like running back is is almost like how baseball's going with like starting pitching and and specialty guys and relief in innings like 
some of these teams have three running backs that they're rotating in and out because they can do various things, be different than the guy they're that's in front of them. You know, yeah. maybe we learned, catching, you know, so we learned that system way back when, Ed, when uh, here in Philadelphia there was Deuce Staley, Carell Buckhalter, and Brian Westbrook. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they all brought something different and it was away in that time because they didn't believe in bringing in receivers um, for them to get the most out of their quarterback was going through that, having the the game kind of go through the tight end and running back. Um, But what I'll do right now as we wrap up, because we're getting close to Sixers kickoff is um, since we talked back, I'll run through my top 12 right now. Um, and maybe we'll just go straight to kickoff. Okay. <laughs> All right. So right now I've got Taylor, Eckler, Henry, Najee, Javante Williams. That's assuming that uh, Melvin Gordon is gone and they don't take a second-day draft pick on a running back. Um, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and DeAndre Swift. Well, I mean, I'm surprised. Well, I guess I'm not totally surprised that you have McCaffrey so low, you know. Look. I get it. I mean, he's played 10 games in the last two years. So, so, yeah, I I have to – look, I have McCaffrey that he's at 10. Um, He represents – the ability to finish his running back one, obviously. I just don't know that we've had a history ever of a running back missing half a season or more, two years in a row, and then returning to elite status. No. You're right. Um, and and if I, you know, like, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't like to project injury, and I don't like to... Um, bake that in. But the reality is, is like if we were being honest and not baking in the ability to, to be one, I don't know that they're going to give McCaffrey that level of work that we saw, you know, in the years that he finished as the running back one and running back two. I just think that they're looking at it as he can't sustain that workload. No, it's, I mean, obvious, like, like I said, he's played 10 games the last two years. And the, the, the couple of years before that, like, he just got, like, for instance, like, I'm looking at 2019. He had 287 attempts on the ground and 116 receptions. Like, that's just a lot of work. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's not, like, the biggest guy. So, he's not. He's not Derrick Henry, you know. And even Henry at this point, right? The 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 projection the projection every year in year out of this is going to be the year that Henry the wheels fall off of Henry. Well, it did happen, you know. Um, I have to keep him up there, um, assuming that he's back and and right, just because the t- the touchdown upside is too great for Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we have to read the tea leaves a little bit. If they bring it back in, right? They're not tied to Melvin Gordon. They're not tied to um, 
uh, uh, again, a second day. Second day is the second round, which is also insane to me. A second day draft or third day draft pick at bat. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, like it might tell us a little bit more where they think Henry is. I know his surgical repair that they did is like a one-off. They don't usually do it for for backs, the, what he got done. So we'll see. I think that that injury carries about a 20% risk of re-injury. Um, I was reading some orthopedic <laughs> NCIH studies. <laughs> um, and I think that's about where we were. It was a, a 20%, 20 to 25, somewhere in there. Of a yeah, I mean, I just... Right. If anybody can overcome that, it's it's him. Like that can cut both ways. That can cut both ways because he's so big, you know. Like so, it's like well, anybody can overcome it. But like, how many guys have we seen with that injury that are like his side, his his size, his speed, his power? You know, like um, it's a it's. But they tried. They did this like extra screw in in his repair. So we'll just we'll see. (laughs) We'll yeah. see. No, seeing what Tennessee does at that position from the draft and going forward will affect him staying where he is or moving backward. You know, if there start to be rumbles that he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season, or he doesn't look right, or he looks slow, all right, maybe we maybe we move him down a little bit. You know, I can't do that right now. Um, but yeah, like, it, and Camara can very easily move backward. You know, that offense. Is in shambles. Yeah, um, he's looking at possible suspension. He could get what probably two to four games. I'm guessing he could. I mean, it. Who knows? I it, it. I don't know the video. You know, like I didn't watch it. I don't. I haven't watched the video. I don't know, but I know that there was an arrest and he went out on bail, and we don't know what the outcome is going to be in any trial or litigation. And then we don't know what the commissioner is going to decide to do. He could get two, he get four, he get eight, you know, someone mm-hmm. went to the hospital. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. Um, and I kind of kept those three guys together, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara. Dalvin Cook, new offensive coordinator. You know, he's been banged up since his rookie year and he's a great player, but this is a position that's thin. Do I want to, if I'm going to go running back early and not receiver, do I want to tie myself to such a risk? There are, there's risk with everybody, but do I want right. to tie, my, tie myself to such a risk? You know, um, I don't know, right? The offense is going to look different. They're not going to, he's not, even at healthy, the workload's going to be different. No, they were in a, in a zone blocking Run first offense. Dude, how many of those are there left? I mean, there's a good amount of zone blocking. Um, I guess anybody who comes from the Shanahan tree. But run first, there's only so many. Or run even. Yeah. I I mean, there's definitely some interesting names further down the list, depending on what you're going to set your draft strategy up to be. And we have plenty of time to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so I think that we're going to wrap up now because we're right about a kickoff. I just saw that Jordan Barrows had rang the bell. I don't know if you're familiar with who Jordan Barrows is, Ed. He's a not. local guy, Olympic gold medalist, wrestler. Mm. Um, 
So he rang the, the pregame bell. So we're going to get out of here so we can watch the uh, tip-off. Um, wanted to bring a quick hitting episode in to talk a little bit about our changing philosophy. Uh, my feeling has been um, with running back, I want to go young. I don't want to, I agree. you know. Yeah. And so it, it makes those Leonard Fournette's, those Joe Mixon's, those Aaron Jones, even though age-wise they might not be old, in terms of running back years, they're old. Yeah. You know? So uh, with that, and I want to go if – there's just – I agree with you. There's some more interesting names a little bit later um, where I wouldn't mind taking a receiver. Again, any starting at one if someone wanted to. Um, I think you can take a re- receiver, and I think half the first round should be a pass catcher, either a receiver or tight end. Um, and then – you know, a few backs. Um, yeah. But we'll yeah. see. Right. Yep. So uh, we're going to wrap that up now, uh, right before our tip-off. So uh, we'll be back at some point soon to talk a little bit more in a, in a quicker shot episode. All right, man. All right. Go Sixers. <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 76ers. Yep. All right. All right. Good night. Later. <laughs>